Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Anne Ukenin. Welcome. Welcome if you're online. Hallelujah. God is so good. Um, praise the Lord. I get to preach this morning. Yay. Yay. Hallelujah. Gosh. I'm like the last time I did, I was like finishing, finished up school, and now I'm in vacation mode kind of because uh, there was a wedding in there that didn't really put me in vacation mode. <laughs> I was like, when restrictions lifted, by the way, you're a bridesmaid. I was like, what? I was so mentally prepared to just drive. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I was a bridesmaid and all that. Oh, it was so fun to celebrate. Celebrate our friends and family. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, going on to the next. And there's a next for you too. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I brought up my, I have a glass here. Usually I don't drink out of this because, not because, well, it's fancy. It's nice and, and everything. But I'm just like this and me and that and everything. Praise Jesus, it's just water. <laughs> but usually I'm more comfortable with this because I know when the cap's on and it's screwed on that it won't, it won't get, get anywhere. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to be a little bit careful as I drink this half full cup of water. Have you heard that? Half full, half empty. Are you, are, you, are you looking at this? Do you think it's half empty? Do you think it's half full? We all know that kind of conversation, how that goes. So when you think it's half full, that you're like, you know, you're not the pessimist, you're the optimist. You got, you know, you got more, you go, you'll just do what you can with this, what you got. At least you got something. It's not empty, you know? It's got, you know, it's half full. And then you have those folks that are like half empty folks, the pessimists, like, oh, Oh no, it's getting down to the bottom. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have enough. They've talked themselves out of the fact that it's half full to that it's pretty much pert near empty. But, you know, so we've got these different people. And then, you know, are you a glass half full kind of person? Are you glass half empty? Well, if you're a born again believer, this is not your glass. I'm just going to go and I'm going to fix this glass. It should look this way. And I have to, I don't have enough hands. So I'll have to, I'm just going to put the phone, look at me do this. There you go. Oh, it's full. I'll just sip it a little bit. I have more. I could fill it to overflowing. I love, I love Dr. Brown's, uh, he has an illustration where he talks, you know, he turns the cup over and pours it and nothing can go into an empty cup that's poor, that, you know, that's not receptive to it. This cup is receptive to Amen. liquid that's going in. So I could put more. I could go back, and there's lots of water bottles back there. I could keep on going. I could keep on filling. I can keep on doing. But there are some believers that don't live that way, that don't live full, don't live a full life. So let's go into some scriptures because it's always good. Some believers, I didn't have my mic, so some believers live that way. They live half full. Or maybe half empty, depending on who, you, who they are. Uh, let's go to some scriptures and let's see some, scripture, some scriptures about this. So first you can start to turn to um, 
Let's see. You can turn to Ephesians 3. And while you're turning to Ephesians 3, I'm going to just bring us to COVID and everything that's been happening with COVID. You can really tell who's been living half empty. You can really tell who's been having a lot of trouble. And uh, so their cup was half empty or like, or even, even almost empty. And they took the fear that's out there and they just stuffed their cup with fear. And you can totally find those people that stuff their cup with fear. They're, they're, they're out there. You've met them. I met them. And I met some people that had full cups that did decided not to take that fear. And there's a lot of labels and things out there. And I would, I would not get too stuck on labels that people give, and especially the world gives. This, especially this one that they like to say, anti-vaxxers, and throw it around like a swear word. Yeah. That you're awful. That you're this terrible, horrible person that hates people. Because you want, because the, they, they're going to get sick. Well, let me tell you, I know healer. I sang about him just the, just like two minutes ago. My healer that healed me does. I don't get sick. How can you pass sickness if you don't get sick and you don't receive sickness? Amen. We had one someone in our congregation that was actively involved in walking through people, walking through areas where people he had to minister and help people who had COVID, but didn't get COVID himself. It's possible. You know, this is possible. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to fill our cup with fear. That's not who we are. We're believers. I don't believe in COVID. I believe in Jesus. I can fill that up with more. So in Ephesians, when we're going to Ephesians, I'm going to be switching back and forth to the um, Amplified and um, King James, but I will let you know ahead of time what I'm doing. So in the Amplified in Ephesians 3 and 17, we're just going to go there. What does the God's word say about being filled and what our cup should look like? And this is a prayer that someone's praying, but it's God's word spoken over us. This is who we are, God's word in us, through us. In Ephesians uh, 3.13, may Christ through your faith actually dwell in your hearts. Do you know that he lives in you? He's in our midst. He's in our midst. He's in me. He's in you. He settles down, abides, makes his permanent home in us. He's not going to pack up and move out. He's moved in for the long haul. And he's doing a renovation in there. Like in our home that needs, you know, a new kitchen and new bathrooms. We're still sticking around. Those bathrooms and kitchens are not coming yet. The windows are coming in August, but the bathroom and kitchens are not coming yet. But we're not leaving. We're not washing our hands of this. We're staying. He doesn't wash his hands of you. He stays with you. He, and, and he's let it, he just let him do the renovation. I have like, you know, so, you know, we have a budget. And so we, we have, we're budgeting for the windows right now. God has an unlimited budget with you and your renovation and who you are. He's not saving up so that he can do your kitchen. He can do it all when you're willing and you say yes. <laughs> so he's there. He wants, he's in our hearts. And he may be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love. Love, God is love, found securely in him. 
that you may have the power to be strong and apprehend, know, and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth of his love for us, that we can understand his love, all of who he is, his whole nature, all of who who he is, not just a little tiny part, barely enough to just walk through this life and get to heaven. We can know him more. Like there's people that you know that you don't really know. And there's people that you really know. Like I would say, I really know Ari. Do I know everything about him? No, I don't. But I'm married to him and probably know more than all of you (laughs) about him. And then there's some acquaintances that I know their name. I know what they do, but I don't know anything about them. We can get to know God more. And there's unlimited things to get to know about him. And what's great is he can show you something and you can share it with someone else like me. And I might not know that. And together we can get to know him more. But you can get to know him more. His love for us. And some people don't know it. You know, when they're thinking that they are God sent them sickness, they don't know God's love. They don't know God. They can get to know him and we can pray that they get to know him. But I'm so glad and blessed that I don't think that. <laughs> that you may really come to know practically through the experience for yourselves, you can get to know him yourselves, the love of Christ, which surpasses the mere knowledge without experience, that you might be filled. Here's that word filled. Are you filled? Half full, half empty? Are you filled? That you may be filled throughout all your being, all your being, everything that you are, unto the fullness of God, and may have the richest measure of the divine presence that becomes a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Filled, and, then, and Pastor Jason loves the filled and being filled. I think we might get there. We'll see. But I've got my glass, and it's almost full. I can fill it so it's full. And then there's not any space for anything else to get in there. So if you're allowing God to fill you, there's no space for fear. There's no space for lack. There's no space for disease and sickness. There's, there's no space for that because you're filled. You're filled with him. And, there's, and he takes up a lot of space. And he can, he can fill more. He can fill more and more and more. Like when I take a sip, I can fill more. Amen. So you can take it and you can know and trust that he's going to keep on filling. Holy filled and flooded with him. Like you can't, you know, drink them all up. You can't like, you can't take, absorb so much of him. There's enough for everybody, everybody to have more than enough, filled, being filled with him. We can be filled with him. We don't have to be running on an empty tank. You know, that's, we don't have to run, uh, live our life that way. Now let's go to Colossians. When I'm going to be in the, I'm going to stay in the Amplified here for Colossians 2. Being filled. Let your glass be full. Let it be full. And in Colossians 2 and 9, go there. Hallelujah. 
For though I am away with you in body, this is Paul talking to the people in, in Colossians, and, but away but not away, we're in the same situation with the Lord. He's, you know, and Jesus talked a lot about this with the disciples who didn't get it, quite get it. And we'll go, we'll go there. But though he's away, he's not away. He's with us. How, you know, who has prayed for you across the globe and you saw a miracle happen? We've prayed for people. And then like someone, so Betty, I think it was, who, who prayed about this one little boy that was, was off and needing help right away. And we were in a prayer meeting praying and he was on the other side of Canada and he got found. Not just by anyone, by believers. Cross, there's someone praying for you. You're praying for someone. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying something. Maybe it's for someone else across the, uh, across the way. You don't know. And there's people, like, we're all linked together in him. We're all linked together in him. For I'm a, I, I am away from you in the body, yet I am with you in spirit. Delight at the sight of your standing on shoulder to shoulder in such an orderly way, and the firmness and solid front and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Wow! To have someone write this about you, saying, wow, you guys are like solid. You guys are together. I can see that. Yeah, and we do hear that. And we do hear that from people. We we love your team when ministers come. They love our team because we're listening to the Holy Spirit. It's a great thing. We can all work together. When you're in the body and the body is listening to the brain and the head, it's all going to do what it's supposed to do. When it's not listening, you have some troubles. So there, the, the solidness and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Hallelujah. As you therefore received Christ, even Jesus and the Lord, so walk your lives and conduct them in a union and conformity to him. So I'm just going to skip down to nine. Hallelujah. For in him is the whole fullness of the deity, the God. In him is the fullness. In who? Who's him in this? Jesus. Jesus is him. For in him is the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, Holy Spirit, God the Father, him, all God, all man, hallelujah, continues to dwell in bodily form and give complete expression to the divine nature. And here's you. This is you. This can be you. You can insert your name. And you, me, anyone who accepts him as as Lord, and you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you two are filled. You're filled with, I'm filled with Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with God the Father. I have my glass full of him. Isn't that great? No room for anything else. Negativity, pessimism, fear, lack, any of that. I can be full of him. Hallelujah. And reach full, and and he is the head, and, and all rule and authority is in him. And he rules us. And we're part of him. He's ruling us. He's leading us to places that are good places. And he, he's the head. He knows a lot, a lot. And he'll lead us to a good place. He'll lead us to a good place. With, we can have our cups full. Empty this, but I can fill it again. 
but we can have a complete filling. Now, at this time, I'm noticing a lot of people that are dealing with loss. And loss shows me something. If you're dealing with loss, your cup is empty. And you're wanting something to be there. But usually it's not God. Usually it's not God in there. A loss, a person. Maybe something went and you didn't like how it, it was supposed to go. So it didn't go how you wanted it to go. A loved one that's not saved. A wife, children, something is missing or lacking. Or you're seeing something in your child that you're wanting to be there. You're seeing the emptiness. You're seeing the loss. And lots of people are dealing with that. And next Sunday, we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to be having a meeting in the evening. And we're going to be addressing this. Because when we were, we were praying on uh, Wednesday, this past Wednesday or Wednesday ago, we were talking, I was like, I didn't feel touched by COVID. You know, I wore a mask. I had to do things. I had to wash my hands a lot of times, use, you know, do all those things and at my job and had to do the health check every day. I think I did it every day. No, I did. <laughs> You're like, you ha there was things we had to do that we don't normally do, but it didn't have to touch you. It didn't have to be who you were. Some people took it in their cup and it was who they were. And you can tell that's who their saving, their saving factor was their mask. Their saving factor was rituals and routines to help save them. Can you see how lacking that is when you look at Jesus as your savior? And he's protecting you. He's healing you. He's filling you as opposed to a virus. So people took on this on crisis, like a cloak, like they're wearing it. And Pastor Jason talked about how, you know, you can see when someone's angry. You can see they, they, they're wearing anger. And you're, you can see, even though it's not uh, like my shirt here, it's there. And they're wearing it. And people take on and they wear a coat of crisis. And they put it on. And they're wearing it and walking through life where crisis is covering them. And so it makes sense that they would fill their cup with fear from the, the current crisis coming along. And there's been crises before. There's going to be crises next. I think uh, it was the climate was the big thing before, and I can see it kind of rearing its ugly head right now, you know, that, that you know, we have to do something I think God can show us answers. Amen. He can show us what to do. We don't have to, in our human strength, think up ways to do things. When he has, he created this world, I think he knows how it functions and how it works better than we do. He can give us ideas. He's given me ideas and strategies when I'm teaching. And I went to university. I know a lot, probably more than a lot of you about teaching. But he knows more about teaching than I. And he can help me. Yes. He can help you. He knows more than your boss. 
you know, but you know, you want to submit and you know, <laughs> don't be don't be that person, don't be that employee. But he can show you things to be a blessing to your boss. <laughs> and he can show you more than any the whole the whole study of it all. He can show you more. And he can show you, he'll show you what you need to know. But this cloak of crisis that people wear, you can see them around and they can't be filled with anything else until they take that cloak of crisis off. Then, then something can be done. Then, then they can be filled with the good things that God wants for them. And so that part of that part, that's part of what Sunday is, is, is taking off the cloak. Maybe you recognize it, that it's there, maybe you don't. But take it off and be available to be filled to full. And filled. So that when you do the next, go through the next crisis, it's not really a crisis for you. It's the crisis of the world. All these crises are not ours. They don't belong to us. But you know, some Christians did take on these crises. They did. They did. It's very evident and clear. And then to take it off and to walk through and be, that's that valley of the shadow of death. But it doesn't touch you. You're walking through it. The great thing about a valley is you just walk through it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you don't have to let anything touch you. You just keep on going. Keep on going. Because guess what? There's another valley, another crisis. There's going to, like, they, they drum up crisis if they can't find it. They got some more. You know, it was like wars, wars, <laughs> this war, that war, climate, this and that, the other thing. We don't fight those things. We don't have to fight. God's showing us what to do. We don't fight about with these things. And I didn't fight. I wore my mask. I didn't fight. It's just a mask. It's fine. It's okay. But I got a hefty dose of the blood that's way more powerful than my mask. <laughs> and I'm so glad I can hug everyone now. Be together be together. But sometimes I'm like, oh, my mask. That's that crisis, that cloak. You're walking. Oh, I forgot my mask. I don't need my mask. We don't need it. We're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Hallelujah. So we're filled in Colossians 2.10. And you are in him, in Jesus, made full and having come to fullness of life. You have that fullness of life in you. That you don't have to worry about crisis. You don't have to worry about worry. You don't have to fear about fear. Fear does not have to touch us. It doesn't touch us. So I just wanted to go um, into Acts 13. Let's jump to Acts 13, and we'll see a real-life example of that. Hallelujah. This was them on the ground, learning as they went, didn't have the book of Acts to help show them, and they just did it. This is so great. 
This is so good. And in Acts 13, 49, hallelujah, scrolling down. And so the word of the Lord concerning eternal salvation through Christ, they're going around preaching the gospel. They're just going out preaching the gospel. Did you know that's what you're supposed to do? That's your job. He said, go out, preach the good news, preach the gospel. That's our job. That's our primary function as believers. Go out, preach Jesus. So they're just doing that. They're concerning eternal salvation through Christ and scattered and spread out through the whole region. But the Jews, of course there's someone who's like, I don't like that. What they're doing, I see what they're doing, I don't like it. But the Jews stirred up the devout woman in high rank. There's always someone that wants to stir up stuff. But it doesn't have to touch you. If you're filled, full of life, someone's stirring up trouble at your workplace, at wherever you are, out and about, they're stirring up stuff, it doesn't have to touch you. It doesn't have to come anywhere near you. So these guys are happy. They're going out and preaching the gospel. But the Jews Jews stirred up some people in high rank and the outstanding men in the town and instigated persecution against Paul and Barnabas. Have you ever received persecution? Someone doesn't like you because they don't like Jesus. And maybe they don't know that you have Jesus, but they don't like you. They don't know why they don't like you, but they're unreasonably unkind. They're out there. (laughs) You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve what they did to you. And some of you are out there going hurt in the closet, wearing that coat of crisis, going, what did I do wrong? You did nothing wrong. You just be who you're supposed to be. And you don't worry about what other people are saying. Because you know what? They spoke bad about Jesus too. So, yeah. There you go. So they're stirring up persecution against Paul and Barabbas. They did nothing wrong. They're just going out preaching the gospel. The gospel that saves. The gospel that heals. The gospel that delivers. But then they drove them out of their boundaries. And then they went and they cried at the edge of town. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) They got driven out of their boundaries. And then in verse 51, but the apostles shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And that's what Jesus said to do. Go preach the gospel if they don't receive you. Shake off your cloaks, dust off your shoes, get up and go. Jesus knew that thing about pouring into empty into glasses that are upside down. He's just, go to the one that will receive me. Go to the one that says, hey, here's my cup. Can you please fill it up? And you're like, sure. You can fill others' cups, right? But if, you're, if, if my cup is like this, I can't go out and build, fill a bunch of cups. But if I got that constant filling, I can go help fill up your cup. I can go help fill up that one who needs a little fill until they can get there on their own. It doesn't matter. Filling is filled. Doesn't matter who fills. Like, you know, God's filling it. 
through himself, he can ha- he, you can definitely have the type of relationship where you don't have to be going around to every other believer and saying, here, can you help give me an inch? Can you give me a little bit? No, you can go to him. You can get him to fill your cup. You can get it from the source, direct from the source. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to, you know what? If someone came with a cup, I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. But I couldn't if I didn't have enough. My, I got my, you know, or, or maybe even that cup's filled with fear or tainted. Hmm. Hallelujah. So they didn't cry at the edge of town and go back and, you know, and go to the other believers and have a pity party. They didn't accept me. They didn't love me. They're of the world. They're sinners. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if you remember you the way you were before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give them a break. There's, you know, like, it's not going to change until they receive. So if it's not going to change until they receive, you can pray for them, allow God to work on them, draw them, and then you could, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's someone else that has a sharp word for them and just bang, pierces them and then they get saved, you know, or something else. You don't know. But you dust off and you move on. And then uh, 52, and the disciples were continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. That's not exactly what the world would have you a picture of. Usually in the movie, they have conflict and they're beaten up. And then there's like a period of training and, re- and re- re-energizing. And then, they, and then they have the final battle. It's not like that. You just keep on going. Dust off. You got joy. It's not, it's not, it's not you. It's them. You got God. You can go. Be released. Go. Have fun. Don't, and you know, sometimes it's hard, I know, when those people and that persecution is happening where you can't really go. <laughs> you can't leave physically because, you know, they're your coworker. Or, you know, family. <laughs> or someone else. And you can't readily just leave, you know. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm dusting my shoes off. I'm going to leave my job. <laughs> That's not going to go well, you know, with, with everything. But there's a point where you can dust yourself off in the spirit. And it doesn't have to touch you. And you don't have to receive that. You don't have to receive that rejection and loss. But you just, you're, because you're filled with him. And when you're filled with him, you do what Paul and Barnabas did here. Ha, 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 and off we went. <laughs> There's someone that will receive us. That's right. And you know, they're maybe not at work. That's okay. That's all right. Sometimes they get irked by you, and they come and they come and look for you. <laughs> But God gives us wisdom so we know how to get through. And when we're filled and full, he just helps us. He just helps us. We don't have to take what this world is trying to feed us and give us. But we have his life being filled with this life. And so some of us are dealing with a person that's lost. 
And so there's obviously this, this, this vacant hole where that person used to be. And sometimes maybe it's a job that was lost, or maybe it's the other direction. You're, you've been believing for a job, or you've been believing for a spouse. And so then you take your empty cup, and you say, this is that spot where the missing spouse is. And that's, you know, I lived like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I was like, you know, I was there. I was like, okay, here's my spouse. And then I was, I was limiting God when I was saving sa space for a spouse. And he's right there. He's right there. He's right there. You know, when I, when I, when I stopped saving space for that loss, things started to happen for me. He was always there. I finally met him when I started filling, having my cup be filled by him. I started to see change. I get my job, do it, things were going well, when I let him fill. And the common sense of this world says, you got to work for it, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to work for it. And it's exhausting and tiring and doesn't really work. Because the things of this world are not normal. The ways of this world are not normal. God didn't just like create the world and say, oh, they sinned and finally things are back to normal. No. How it was in the garden, restored relationship, covenant with him, that's all normal. It's normal to have your cup filled with his life and his love. That's normal. That's how we're meant to live. But when you're saving up space for something else, it's not living, it's not life, and it's not more than enough. And it's not enough to get you by because guess what? Spoiler, I was miserable. Not really spoiler. <laughs> I was miserable. It didn't go well, and I was trying to fill it with things that weren't what God had for me. Because I was looking for things to fill that hole, and I wasn't looking to him. These are some very, very good things to think about. And think about Because, like, I've had some practice. And I'm believing for other things. And there's things that are my heart's desire that I don't have right now. And I have an opportunity to... To, to empty out the cup and put it there. But I don't want to. I knew what that was like. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So let's go. I want to go, and I just want to, because there's a scripture in, in 1 Thessalonians. You don't need to turn there. You can write a note and read it later. In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13, it talks about loss, about a, a person. And that's really tangible when the person's not there. They're not there. You're not having a relationship with them. They're not doing, like maybe doing the laundry like they did, or they're not ha you're not visiting with them like you did, and those kinds of things. But there's this great sense of loss. And then the, the scripture tells us that we don't have to sorrow as the world sorrows. And some people feel that loss and they're sorrowful. They're full of sorrow. And I'm going to challenge you because if you're full of sorrow, you put that person in the cup. That person 
was there and now it's gone and you really feel that loss because that person was doing something for you that God was supposed to do. Not that person. No person can do it. No person can fill you and fill you up. If you had an opportunity to watch the wedding and Pastor Gwen was talking about the teacup, having a broken teacup and people looking for a spouse to complete them. The Jerry Maguire, you complete me. No, that person, you're setting that person and you up for failure because the only person that can complete you, fill you is God, is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his presence, all of him, him in him, the fullness and in you. That's the only thing that will work. That's the only thing. And so when people are really sorrowful, that's where they've put people. And this is so important to do a check. Is there any person that you're drawing upon like that? Because if you're doing that, they're going to fail, you're going to fail, and you're drawing upon them wrong. I want him to fill me. And so that I can, with a relationship where someone may try to draw upon wrong, I'm protected, but I can pour in something that they need. Not me, him. This This is correcting relationships here. Hallelujah. So let's go, let's go to another situation with Jesus and sorrow. Let's go to John 16. Hallelujah. And in John 16, here's Jesus. He had friends. He had friends. He had relationships. He, had friend, he was friends with Lazarus. And, uh, and he was friends with Mary and Martha. And we have a little situation here in, uh, in John. Oh, actually... Yeah, John 11. Sorry, John 11. And uh, in verse 1, John 11, 1, it says, Now a certain man named Lazarus was ill. He was of Bethany in the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. And so they knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. They knew his ministry. They were friends with him. They knew him. They knew he healed. They knew what he did. They, They had heard his message. They knew him. So they sent, of course, for help. And then, so, uh, yeah, and so it's this, and the one with Mary that anointed Jesus with perfume, wiped his feet with her hair. This was her brother, Lazarus, who was now sick. And so the sister sent forth to him, to Jesus, saying, Lord, by a message, the he whom you love so well is sick. They knew that Jesus loved him. They knew that, that, this, that, that, he, was, that he was dear to him. And when Jesus received the message, he said, this sickness is not to the end of death, but on the contrary, is to the honor and God and to promote his glory that the Son of God may be glorified through and by it. So he's going to get healed. This is the word on the situation. It said, that, it, it said that all who went to him, all who came to Jesus were healed. Only time we hear where it's like he didn't do much good was in Nazareth. He healed those, but many people received him as Jesus, the carpenter's son, so they, he couldn't do anything because they saw him as a man, not of God. And so here he is. He's saying he's not going to die. 
we're going to glorify Jesus through this healing. I mean, glorify the, the Father through this healing. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were dear, his dear friends, and he held them with loving esteem. Therefore, even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two days longer in the same place where he was. What? What did Jesus do? He didn't just get up and go, my friends, in trouble. Up, truck on over there right away. So many people do that. How many times do you get a call, lay everything down, and go to the trouble? So you're saying trouble leads you. Death, sickness, disease didn't lead Jesus. It shouldn't lead you. And guess what? You don't have to feel guilty about it. You know, a a family member, a friend gets themselves in some sort of business and ugliness. Jesus doesn't say just go on over there and get in that vest. Put your little finger in there and see more mess come up. You don't have to be released. You hear the phone call. You don't even have to answer the phone. You know the Holy Spirit told you, don't answer that phone call. Don't answer that phone call. Oh, you answered that phone call. (laughs) And there's the screaming on the other end. You didn't have to answer the phone call. There's no reception here because you're receiving something else. (laughs) Hmm. Be be happy. Be happy. So he didn't just drop everything down. He had things to do. He he said to them, to the disciples, I'm about my father's business. So he's going to go tell the father, hey, father, I'm sorry. I know you're Lord. You're Lord. You're Lord of all. You created everything. But I just got to stop being about your business. Time out. I'm going to go heal this person. And then I'll come back. Come back to you. And then we'll go and we'll do your plan. It's funny. Let me make it funny so that you can feel okay with hanging up and not running off to the problem. You can be released. Jesus didn't do it. I don't have to. (laughs) Okay. Then after that interval of the two days, he said to his disciples, okay, let's go back. We're going to go back to Judea. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews only recently were here and intending to try and stone you. Are you thinking about going back there again? Because that's who he listens to and for instructions. I I shouldn't go there because they might stone me because they wanted to do it before. Hmm. Let me tell you, God's going to lead you in places where there's ugly people. Maybe they did something before. Maybe you get to know someone new. (laughs) Who's going to do something? (laughs) It's okay. He he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's leading you. He, you know, be about the father's business and it'll be all okay. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? Anyone who walks about in daytime does not stumble because he sees and is in the light. But anyone who walks in the night, he does stumble because there is no light in him and the light is lacking to him. So Jesus seems to know. He's, I am, he said he's the light. You know, and he's saying, you know, like, I can see what's going on. I'm not, he's not in the dark. He's not going to walk upon, oh, there's the person that was going to stone me. 
He knows where to go. <laughs> and he, the Holy Spirit will show you where to go. He's not going to lead you. It doesn't say he leads you in paths of destruction. It doesn't say that at all. He leads you beside still waters. He leads you beside the green, in the green pastures. Hallelujah. Go that way. And then you're like, here, how did I get here, Lord? Because you weren't listening to him. So... And he said these things and added, our friend Lazarus is at rest. He's, he's building faith into our dear disciples, the dear ones that didn't have God's word or his presence. Praise the Lord. They hung it. They stuck it out without being filled and without having his word. They had, they had the manifest word of him. But, you know, it's so much easier when there's, like, one for everyone. And, <laughs> and you can, like, go through it yourself, at your, you know, and, and go through. <laughs> there wasn't one for everything then. <laughs> you know, there's no, you need to, Jesus didn't carbon copy himself. He just had one. And he was probably, he probably, you know, there was a lot of questions that wasted his time. But they're in here for a reason, because we needed them. Because he, he could have said a whole lot more. And that's why we have eternity. All right. <laughs> so he said these things and added, our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping. You know, it's so good to get in with friends that, you know, that can have, they've prayed about it, they have the word, and they say this. And you can say, okay, I stand with you and I stand with that. So this, here's, here's Jesus you know, who didn't have to probably pray about it for 20 days. He only had two days, and he was doing other things. He was healing other people. He was busy about the Father's business. But then he says he sets his friends to believe and stand in faith with him. Our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping, but I am going there that I may awaken him out of his sleep. And then, okay, this could have been the final, final word in the matter, but no, 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 we had more questions. Uh, however, the disciples answered, Lord, if he's sleeping, will he recover? Because he's going to wake up and be sick still, you know. He said he, he's, he's going to go wake him. Then Jesus spoke, spoke it, uh, however, Jesus had spoken of his death, that they thought, they thought he was referring to falling, refreshing and natural sleep. Because Jesus heals you and wakes you up so that you can just crawl across the floor for the rest of your life. Not ever. Jesus heals and makes you whole, right? He fills you with his life. It's amazing how many Christians think being filled with his life is being sick and that God gets you sick to teach you a lesson. Not God. Not ever. We sing about this good God and then people... Make him to be like the world. Oh. So then, so, so here we have a situation where they have their ideas, and then there's the God ideas. So many times we have our ideas, and then there's the God idea. Maybe pray a little bit more and get the full picture of God's idea, Maybe or, or just a little bit more than what you have. Yeah. That will help you. That will help you. And for your sake, I am glad that, there, that I was not there, that I will help you to believe and trust and rely on me. However, let us go to him. And so then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let's go too. 
that we, we maybe die and killed along with him. Well, maybe if he knew his future, he might not have spoken that quite so quickly. <laughs> now, a lot of, most of the disciples becoming the apostles did not have the funnest of deaths. But God is good. So when Jesus arrived, he found that he, Lazarus, had been already in the tomb for four days. And, and Bethany, near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And a considerable number of Jews had gone out to see Martha and Mary and consoling, the, consoling them concerning their brother. The friends, quote-unquote, that are coming down into the sorrow with them. I want a friend that will speak good to, to me that will take from their cup, maybe there might be a time when it's empty and I need someone to fill. I do not want someone filling fear and sorrow into my cup. Thank you very much. No one have those friends that, that you know their cup's full. And just like Pastor Jason said, you know the angry person, you know the person who has a full cup. Because let me tell you, it looks like they don't have any problems. Looks like they got it all. Hmm. Looks like, oh, they don't have any trouble. They never get the trouble that I've got. Looks like. But like I said, all of us walked through this, this COVID crisis together. Some people wore it. Some people didn't. Some people wore a little bit of it. We all wore masks. <laughs> so, so yeah, when I could get away with it, that's what I'm all looking for. I'm like, yeah, recommended? Thank you. I take the recommendation of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you want to have the right people coming to your aid at the right time. I'll just say that. You can pray about it. You know who they are probably already. Because there's some family that likes to scooch in there when you're in tragedy. And, and, and they want... They like, they're addicted to that lean, wrong lean, and they want to be Jesus for you. But you don't have to let them. You can say, I'm just having a private moment with my other friend. But you don't say that. <laughs> and most of all, this one. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> and so Jesus said to, okay, so, so this is, and then Martha heard that Jesus was coming and she went to meet him while Mary remained sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, Jesus, if you had been here, this would not have happened. Where were you? He would not have died. People that are sorrowful say a lot of stupid stuff. And if anything, it's not going to draw the best out of them. And I'm glad to see that Jesus didn't take it personally. 
but he got a really good litmus test of how his friends, where his friends were. And even now, I know wherever you ask, whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. I find it so interesting that, think about this, Jesus could ask anything. She knew this. Whatever you ask Jesus, I know you'll grant it. That she's out of her mouth. She's saying what she believes. But then Jesus said to, your, to her, your brother shall rise again. And then Martha, in her own thinking, her own reasoning, replied, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I know I'll see him again, eventually. Jesus was talking about now. Now is the time of salvation. And Jesus said to her, I myself am the resurrection and the life. Hey, hello. Resurrection and life standing right beside you. Hey, hello. Resurrection and life in you. Not going to die. Don't have to die from sickness and disease. Gloria Copeland talks about it over and over and over again because I think some believers, dare I say a lot of believers, think that to leave this world you need to be sick. You don't. You don't. You just have to fall asleep when your time is done. And you don't have to have sickness along the way. Oh, maybe it's this one. No, it wasn't that one. Maybe it was this one. No. You don't have to live from sickness to sickness to sickness. You can have your cup filled with life. A cup, like you're, you filled with life. How could you possibly get sick? How? Okay, so resurrection and life, standing right beside her. And anyone who believes and trusts in and relies on me, although he may die, he shall yet live. And whosoever continues to believe in and have faith and cleaves to and relies on me. Do you cleave to, rely on him? I do. I do. He shall never actually die at all. Do you believe this? And she said, Martha... Yes, Lord, I, I, I have believed. I do believe that you are the Christ and the Son of God who has come to the world. She got so close and yet so far. Look at all what he said to her. And all she said back, what she believes, is he's Jesus, the Son of God. She didn't say, hey, you're Jesus, my God, who can heal my brother. She didn't get that far. Oh, Lord, that we would not stop halfway. Halfway there. Half full cup. And after this, she went back and called her sister Mary privately, whispering to her, the teacher has, ha, is close at hand and asking for you. And when she heard this, she sprang up quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was in the same spot that he and Martha had met, had, Martha had met him. And when the Jews were sitting with her in the house, consoling her, they saw how hastily Mary just got up and ran. You know what? Get up and go to Jesus. It doesn't matter what other people see. And supposing she was gone to the tomb to, to pour out her grief there. Because that's all the world sees. Grief and loss. That was the reason. She, oh, she needs to be at the tomb crying there. When her Jesus was near. And when Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who came with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. 
He's troubled with people in sorrow and grief. Because we don't sorrow as this world sorrows. And so if you're sorrowing there, how much of your foot have you got in the world? And he said, where have you laid him? Jesus said, where have you laid Lazarus? And they said to him, "Come, uh, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Not because, oh, Lazarus is dead. Boo-hoo-hoo. I'm going to sob with them. He saw the state of the people, and it wasn't good. And he was sad for them. Because they're so much better. He had just said in a few verses up, I am the resurrection and the life. Here I am. And they didn't see him. But some of them said, could not he who opened blind man's eye have prevented this man from dying? Because they're all looking back. Looking back to the terrible and not looking forward. And Jesus again sighing repeatedly and deeply disquieted approached the tomb. It was a cave, a hole in the rock, and the boulder laid against the entrance to close it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but he smells. He's probably, you know, he's rotting and stinking. Wouldn't you listen to an instruction of the Lord? Loss and grief, you cannot hear. You cannot hear accurately. And Jesus, when he gave instructions, always something fun happened afterwards. And she couldn't even see that either. So, my Lord, by this time he's decaying and throws off all offensive odor, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Do not tell, did I not tell you and promise you that uh, you would, um, if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God. The glory of God is not a dead man in a tomb. It's a risen Savior. And so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know you always hear me, and you always listen to me. And I have said this on account and for the benefit of the people standing here, so that they might believe that you did send me, that you have made me your messenger. And and he said this, and he shouted in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he came out. He came out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to go back here. And in verse 42, in John 11, 42, in the Amplified, this is Jesus speaking. But this can be your voice too. Yes, I know you always hear me here and listen to me. And I have said this on account for the benefit of the people standing around here so that they may believe that you did send me. You have been sent. You have been sent. God the Father is listening to you. He always hears you. And it is for the benefit of others. It's always for the benefit of others that they know that we have been sent. 
and that we can say, come out. We can say, be healed. We can, out of that fullness, be him for other people. I'm going to pray for us this morning. Wow, I only got on page one of my notes. Wow. Better to be prepared. But there has been some things I said here today, and I think that also, too, you need to go back and listen. Because there's an opportunity to see here where the holes have been, where you have filled those holes wrongly, and it just takes a moment. It just takes a moment for Jesus to go and do that renovation, do that fixing, and you don't have to do that. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your people that have heard your word today. I thank you for that filling. I thank you, Lord, that you're filling those places where people have said, no, no, not there. I'm saving that spot. I thank you that the hands are coming off of our cups. The hands are coming off of all of who we are. And I thank you, Lord, for openness to receive the fullness of life, the fullness of your glory. Oh, your righteousness, your holiness, that when people see us, that we are testimony bringing glory to you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for lives that are changed. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for wisdom and eyes to see where wrong pulls happen. Family, maybe a, a good friend or a best friend that have pulled wrongly in the past. And I thank you, Lord, for a sensitivity to know, aha, that's that wrong pull. And I thank you, Lord, that those poles are just being cut. Those strings are just being cut right now. And so I thank you, Lord, for new boldness and new strength to say no and wisdom to walk away. And I thank you, Father, that we don't have to fear hurt on the other side. But I thank you, Lord, that you're showing us the way and we will walk it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC. 
V3W3B1.